Welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to be reviewing episode five of Doctor Who, um, or series nine of Doctor Who, I should say, The Girl Who Died. Um, but first, let's have some news. Now, as it's a very short news, and it is very short, there's not a lot going on, is there? No. There really isn't a lot going on. So, um, as well as the news this week, we've got, and, and our review, we've got a little something extra as well. We've got a, an interview I did early in the week um, with Lynn Hamilton, who, uh, who's written a book called Mysteries of Doctor Who, Mythos, Speculation and Continuity. So we'll be uh, listening to my chat with her a bit later on as well. But, as I said, let's do the news. Um, now, unfortunately, we have to kick off with yet another announcement of a, a, a loss of an actor um, who, who appeared in Doctor Who, Neville Jason who appeared as Prince Reinhardt in the Androids of Tara, as you know, as part of the Key to Time um, story arc, has died at the age of 81. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I must admit, I was... quite surprised. He was that yes. old. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that, because I sort of thought, oh, he must have... When, when, when you saw the news bit of it, you just thought, oh, he must have died at quite a young age. Yeah. So I've seen to... You're forgetting, of course, that it is 40 years... Well, yeah, it was damn it, ago. forty years ago. Yeah, yeah. What was it, nineteen seventy-eight? The the, the key yeah. time. Yeah. So. Um, so. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's difficult to difficult to take in, really, isn't it's it? Not, it's, it's yeah, it's that sort of age. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, my my thoughts were that he was, must have been quite young. Yeah, that's it. Um, I, I don't know, eighty-one. Eighty-one. That's, yeah, that's uh, an age now, but, it's, but you know. Yeah, I think. Hard to believe, really. But he'd be appeared in other things such as May Gray and Mercy Wall 10, um, Barlow. Wasn't Barlow off a spin off of Z Cars? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Wasn't that was Stratford John's Barlow? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and also Armchair Thriller as well, which probably had one of the. Some of that was a spin off of Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> the Further Avengers of Ken Barlow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, one thing I, I did sort of, he done a few um, audio books in late years as well, but this is, I, I found absolutely amazing. He did a, um, a, re- a recording of Proust's, or Proust, whatever you pronounce it, Remembrance of Things Past, which he sort of partly translated as well. And that came in at 120 CDs. <laughs> that is some undertaking, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I'm surprised it's not now being sold as a weekly magazine with a weekly magazine. No, <laughs> it no. Like that sort of collection. It does, doesn't it? it? Yeah. Crikey. You saw when will this ever end? <laughs> oh dear. So a very sad sort of like um sort of another another actor gone from the you know, from the seventies of the period yeah. we grew up watching Doctor Who, so someone else yeah. someone else has left us, unfortunately. Um however, some good news that appeared after we recorded last week is uh, John Hurt announced that his cancer is in remission. Hooray. Yes. Yes, that's that's some that's some good news. Um he just said his agent says Sir John has been given very good news by his oncologist, but it fall, it does fall short of an all clear. Nonetheless it's very good. So it's in remission, so that's that's a that's a damn good yeah. sign. That's excellent. So um it's open to some more audio books then. Yes. Yes. Because I'm very much looking forward to these. Very much look. That's not, that's not the whole reason to say I'm glad he's in remission, I want some more audio books. That sounded really bad actually, didn't it? <laughs> Can I keep him going till he can trot out a few books? No, <laughs> oh, we are genuinely pleased. We are very, very pleased indeed because he's sort of yeah. like a, a, a national treasure, John Hurt. He really is. Yeah. Also, Sir John Hurt, I should say. So, yes, congratulations, sir. Now, um, as I said, short news week, we're straight into stats. We're straight into it. Yeah. The girl who died overnight viewing figures were 4.85 million, which was up. Basically, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's well, going I suspect, up. Expect it's a bit more. I, I feel to do with what it was against. Yes, because it was against the rugby, which was New Zealand versus France, which this, the UK has got absolutely yeah. no interest in, or no vested interest in, I should say. No. Um, so um, yes, the Doctor Who became the second highest rated show of the day, which was behind Strictly Come Dancing, which had an audience of nine point six six. So yeah. hmm. It's going up. As I thought, it, it, it had to increase slightly once the rugby world, once all the home nations are knocked out of the rugby world cup. I should say. Well, yeah, but now is it going to be back against X Factor and whatever, and then we'll see it. Then we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know about X Factor to be honest. I don't know. People, it's sort of 
people are getting bored with it now. It does. It, just, it still gets good ratings, but not as good as it used to. It has it has lost no. a few million, so I don't know why people are getting sort of fed up with it. But strictly come dancing, that's just going from strength to strength. It appears still as yeah. pop, still as popular as ever. Um, now the girl who died AI rating. Um, this time it got a rating of eighty two, so slightly down on last week's one. Um, yeah, but again, still very, so far, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, still respectable. I yeah. think actually, still very, very respectable. Um, I must, I think in, in future weeks, I think I must go onto the AI website, I think, and try and find out if there's any other more feedback because I, I think it, we need to find out what people thought it was fresh and new or what age group it was in. We keep, we keep lamenting this, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> we can't be bothered to find out. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. There is a sense that, yeah. Yes. People- we really wanted to know. We'd kind of we would have done it by now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now on to sort of last week's one before the floods. The uh, official consolidated ratings. Now this still doesn't include uh, iPlayer ratings, which I haven't got. Um, I've actually got any figures for iPlayer actually, but it's um, it got a final consolidated consolidated viewing figures of six point five million. Hmm. Yeah, which is again respectable. And that yeah. made that made it the eighth most watched program on BBC Television and second overall for Saturday night. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So no, I'm, I'm I don't think uh, people get worried about it. I don't. There's nothing to worry about. Really, is no. it, it's healthy. It's healthy. Um, yeah. Now, <laughs> our news next week. That <laughs> yeah, so doctors has been cancelled. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we do seem to be the kiss of death for certain things, don't we? Yeah. yeah. yeah big... If I was John Hurt's agent, I'd be giving him a call now. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay then. Well, I so say that is it for the for the news, but um, we do have um, a couple of items of tat, so it's over to Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Now, the first item of tat, um, this was actually posted on our Facebook group, courtesy of Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf podcast. Um... And it's something we, we like to sort of cover this time of year, isn't it, really? Yes. Yes. Um, Those gift ideas, isn't yeah, it? Indeed, indeed. Yes, it's a Doctor Who Christmas jumper, which they seem to knock out on an alarmingly regular basis over the years, really. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, now this one um, features Weeping Angels and Daleks and Cybermen Head. It's a lovely colour of, um, well, shocking blue, I should say. Um, it's a little bit brighter than the TARDIS blue in this photograph, it appears to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, but apparently this is at front pattern only. This one. Yeah, I noticed that was. What's yes. The, what's, what's so, the so, so people, people look to have a look. Is he really wearing that when I look around? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Hmm, that's sort of getting half half measures there now. Um, what actually, what actually caught me on this one? Hmm. It says avoid washing this garment alone when using the washing machine. I've just got this image that it'll go for your throat. <laughs> if you haven't got someone there to help you beat it into the washing machine. Well, it does. It's actually got. Well, actually, I'll, I'll do the price first, but it's quite interesting you say that actually because it's um that it's twenty nine pounds ninety nine pence from the BBC shop, which I don't know for for Christmas jumpers if that's a good deal or that's expensive. Really, I I really don't know. Um, yeah, but as you say, the care instructions: warm, gentle wash cycle, recommending net bags. Okay, mm-hmm. as you say, avoid washing this garment alone when wash, using the washing machine because it might. Do not bleach. Um, cool iron only for removing wrinkles. I, th- I think that's just more more information to to men of our age. Isn't I it? think it- <laughs> <laughs> we want to look a bit younger. <laughs> I don't want to go for the boat. We're solving up, solving up the bulldog clip on the back of the neck, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do not dry clean. Do not tumble dry. Reshape whilst damp. What the hell has happened to this damn thing? <laughs> what do I want to reshape it as as well? Yeah. <laughs> Lay flat. Recommend on top of a clean dry towel to air dry. Do not hang or dry. Wash with similar colours. How many items have you got of that colour? Recommend wash before <laughs> first use. Wow. But this is the clincher, Paul. It's 100% acrylic. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> None of that wool rubbish for the BBC. 100% acrylic. <laughs> That's what you want, isn't it? I think a hundred percent wall jump will be easier to look after than this bloody thing. T- <laughs> that is the most high maintenance jumper I've ever ever come across. <laughs> Not only that, they wall it can kill you by the washing machines. So. 
It's like it's giving this on Christmas Day. Fantastic, I've got a Doctor Who Christmas jumper. All my wildest dreams have come true. And they read the washing instructions. Oh, bollocks to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the fact that when you give it to someone as a present, you then have to sit them down for five minutes and go through the do's and don'ts. And you watch the life <laughs> drain out of their face. <laughs> Oh, that is shocking. That is absolutely shocking. But there you go. If you <laughs> if you want to make washing difficult for yourself, go and buy this jumper. That's all I'm going to say. It's available now as well. It's not even available with the pre-order. I actually am going to rush off and read the review in net bags. <laughs> well, it is a BBC Shop exclusive as well. 100% acrylic exclusive. <laughs> right, okay. Now, the next item in town. Now, we haven't covered anything for the London Silverware Company for a while, have we? No. No, and... Um, now, this came out sort of a few weeks ago, and we sort of kind of this one sort of passed us by, and probably for good reason. And as it's a slow news, so it's probably why we're covering it now, to be honest with you. It's come running back to us. Yes, indeed. Um, now, they've done some um, a range of uh, cufflinks and, and pendants. Now, the. And I also think also a tie pin as well. Now, they, they've done a nice little range of um, pendants and cufflinks and tie pin of, of uh, Cybermen. Um, they actually move as well, don't they? The arms and legs and head move. Yes. I can't quite see you want that on a set of cufflinks and a and a tie pin, really. Um, they've also no. done a TARDIS pendant and TARDIS cufflinks as well. Um, now, I've actually gone onto the London Silver Company website. I've just got this from another uh, Doctor Who um, website here. But the, the pricing on here is absolutely unbelievable, really. Um, it says the, the TARDIS cufflinks, they're made from sterling silver, um, it says that time travel is sadly not included, uh, but these time, timeless accessories will inject a little bit of personality into any outfit and are available for £64.95 for some mm. sodding cufflinks. Yes, okay. Oh, are they saying that Doctor Who fans don't have a personality? <laughs> My mum says I have. <laughs> I was going to say, so I'm not quite sure whether this podcast is the advert for or against. <laughs> right, okay. Now, the Cyberman uh, pendant necklace, um, it's handmade in 925 sterling silver. Um, it says it's a cool addition to any quirky jewellery collection, you know, a little bit mad, a little bit crazy, um, and it features an impressive amount of detail with swivel head, arms and legs, yours for £36.95. Mm, okay. I bet this thing's probably about like half a centimetre tall or something. Yeah, it's, it's going to be about the same size as the cufflinks. Isn't exactly. It? Um, and it says, similarly, the impressive impressive Cybermen cufflinks has, also has moving parts and are based on the Nightmare in Silver Cybermen. Uh, okay. Oh. Okay. And they're available for. Oh, good. Great. Great. Yeah. I'll go for the classic one then. <laughs> There's your seal of quality right there. Um, and they're available for £54.95. pence. You always get a feeling, what, did nobody bother copywriting those ones? <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I, 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 I assume these are available now, actually. Um, but there's further items. There's a TARDIS pin brooch uh, for £34.95, a TARDIS necklace at £41.95, uh, the Cyberman pin brooch, or tie pin, we call it, is £32.50. Yes, that's a lot of money, really, isn't it? It is. And they do look rather naff. Yes. If I'm perfectly honest. It's, it's Yeah, it's one of those things where it's slightly going to... I don't know whether you're... What sort of message you're trying to send with them, to be honest. Yes, indeed. Indeed, yeah. I don't, They've got a lot of money. I don't yes, know and I don't mind looking at, at a complete and utter prat, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> you can have them with the jumper. <laughs> can you... Oh. Oh, come on, that's the... Do they do the jumpers with double cuffs? <laughs> I think a Subman brooch looked quite attractive, adorning the, uh, the, the the shocking blue Christmas jumper. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be an odd one with the 100% acrylic, is it really? <laughs> oh, God. Is it going to polish it with it? Why does it go along? <laughs> oh, that, that's just the clincher in it, 100% acrylic. I still can't get over the quality of that, Paul. I really can't get over that. Okay, well, at least you haven't got to worry about them getting damaged in the cleaning, have you? Because it's sort of well, weird. no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, everybody. Well, that's it for the news. That's it for uh, Tat Corner this week. Well, I suppose everyone expects me to say, and that was the news. No, I'm not, because uh, coming up before our review of the girl who died, 
as I said earlier in the show, we have an interview with Lynn Hamilton, author of The Mysteries of Doctor Who, Mythos and Speculation Continuity, which you're going to hear in just a moment. Um, now, before I start to um, let's start playing that, there's a couple of bits of interference uh, during the Skype call, which... Um, which I've tried to, try to edit most of that out. So, but there's still a little bit of interference during the during the conversation. So, um, hope that doesn't spoil um, the uh, sort of the, list, the listening it's experience. It's me trying to you. sign in, and you just wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, here's me uh, talking to Lynn uh, earlier in the week. I'm joined now by Lynn Hamilton, author of Mysteries of Doctor Who, Mythos, Speculation and Continuity. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you. Excellent stuff. Now, um, what led you to um, write a book about Doctor Who? Because it says you're, you are a, a long-time Doctor Who fan. So what, what sort of um, led you to write this book? Right. The longtime Doctor Who fan is important because that really is my only claim to expertise on the subject. <laughs> so I just want to get that out there right away. But my publisher, for whom I had already written a couple of ebooks, approached me and said what every writer dreams of somebody saying, which is, um, is there something that you ever wanted to write about and you just never got the chance? Mm-hmm. And if so, I would like to hire you to write that ebook. And so I gave him three topics to choose from, and he chose Doctor Who. <clears throat> okay, okay. It's interesting that he chose the topic for you rather than you sort of presenting something to him. I think he picked Doctor Who um, because it was probably the most recognizable of the cultural, pop cultural things that I suggested. Um, the other two were. <laughs> they have cult followings, but I'm not sure that their followings are as big. And so I think that's why he wanted the Doctor Who book. Okay. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, the, the, as you say, the, the cult following of Doctor Who is, I'll probably say, not so much a cult following anymore, is it? It's very, very sort of mainstream. It's also gone global now as well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I'm always interested to talk to people outside of the UK about Doctor Who um, because, mm-hmm. to me, it's still a very little British show. I go back to, you know, what they now deem the classic series. So, um, what's mm-hmm. the classic series? You know, the you know the Hartnell through to McCoy and McGann. Was was that something that you watched as well? It was. Yeah, I actually got started watching Doctor Who in the 1980s, and um, interesting story related to that because I was still a kid living in my parents' house at the time, and um, it was a big deal for me to try to watch Doctor Who because on the Chicago station, public broadcasting station, mm-hmm. that that was the only station we could get it on. Um, it came on at midnight or sometime really late. And so I was, after everybody went to bed, I would smuggle the television, the family TV. We only had one. I would smuggle it into my bedroom, plug it in, turn it down really low, and watch Doctor Who. And then at the end, I had to smuggle it back into the living room. (laughs) (laughs) And I did that every week. I got away with doing that every week for quite some time. That's quite a covert operation you undertook there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the first time I saw that show, um, it was... Uh, so irresistible for me because I think because of the speculation and even though I know the classic series is very campy, it's got in a kind of poor special budget, special effects, mm-hmm. etc. Um, the writing was always so good and so imaginative and it just, it appealed to my imagination in a way that nothing else on TV was doing. So what was the, what was the first one that you actually managed to, to see under cover of darkness? Then, as it seems, <laughs> it would have had to have been one of the Tom Baker episodes. Tom Baker got me into Doctor Who. So you could say safely then, say he's your doctor. Then is he? He was my doctor, but oh, okay. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the revival. Oh, I'm, not okay. one of the, I'm not one of those old farts who lives in the past <laughs> and can't move on, you know, and just never thinks things are ever better than they are. Yeah, this new series is much better. Let's just all face it, you know. The writing was always there. I think the writing was always really good. The whole um, yeah, the question of time paradoxes, you know, the cause and effect relationships were always there. But the new series is just so good. I mean, it's got really high um, – in high resolution, 
you know, carefully budgeted special <laughs> effects, good, you know, good acting, great music. I can't say too much about the music in the new series. So I really like, um, I really like the new series a lot. And I'm going to say that is, if you're asking me who my doctor is, mm-hmm. my doctor is Matt Smith, actually. Okay. I, I was really, really liked Matt Smith. Popular you know, choice. I, th- I think he's the one who sort of bought Doctor Who to, sort of globally, really. He sort of brought it out to mm-hmm. the rest of the world. I think he's, um, I think he's the one that sort of really caught on for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. sort of cuts everyone's imagination. Um, well, you're talking about the writing. I mean, who's your, um, your, your favorite Doctor Who writer? Who's the one that sort of really sort of captured your imagination? Well, um, yeah, I think I haven't really noticed one of them as being better than the other, but I have noticed that I always like the Moffat ones. I always like the Moffat episodes. Yeah. And there's something about his writing that's really amazing. But honestly, the other, you know, I've never seen an episode where I thought, oh, the writing really is not good. You know, they, I think they're all, they, all of the writers who have worked on Doctor Who have been very, very good. Well, exactly. Nobody, nobody sets out to write a bad story, do they? That's the, no, 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 indeed. I think that's what's sort of forgotten about sometimes, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, moving on to your onto your book, which does sort of cover, um, I suppose you could call the modern era um, of Doctor Who. Um, what made you decide to sort of um, concentrate on this particular era of the show? Well, it was what I am closest to. I mean, I did watch a lot of the classic series, but to be completely honest, I did not want to go back and watch the entire (laughs) classic series over again. Um, But I had recently seen every single one of the new shows multiple times. Yeah. And so I felt like that was something that I could write about without having to, you know, go back and scroll through episodes looking for a tiny little snippet of dialogue to see if I got it right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Also, I think that, you know, the new, the revival show or whatever you want to call it, Doctor Who replugged, um, <clears throat> has just a bigger following. There, there's more of a readership for that. And a lot of people that are into that are also into classic Who, but I didn't really think that there would be a lot of readers for a book that was just about the old series. You could be right there because I mean that there is a lot already has been written about the classic series. So mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think unless I think someone could bring a fresh spin or got some fresh stories to that, mm-hmm. um, I think yeah, it's the, you know the new the new era the modern era mm-hmm. of Doctor Who is probably you know the best place to to, to begin really. Um, so some of the themes in your um, in your book, one of the chapters you've got there is is the Doctor of God, which is one of the things that particularly came to the fore during Russell T Davis's uh, tenure as the showrunner. Um, mm-hmm. You drew some interesting parallels there between that and the um, and the Greek gods who sort of mm-hmm. as, as, you, as you write sort of walked amongst humans disguised as humans. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something that really particularly interests you uh, as, as the, of the character of the Doctor? It does. I mean, it fascinates me that he's this sort of fluctuating character who is sometimes godlike and other times more limited. Um, he seems to have this godlike power. He often chooses not to exercise it, though. I mean, that's, mm. of course, what makes him different from the Greek gods. He's not arbitrary. He is cautious about how to exercise his power. He thinks about the consequences to other people. That's probably an important distinction between him mm. and the Greek gods who were very casually cruel and really didn't care what, you know, what kind of consequences the human race had to deal with when they were gone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, that, that aspect of him totally interests me. I think that that is something that superheroes genu- generally um, become. You know, their creators become more and more involved with them, give them more and more powers they become more and more powerful, and over time, over the, the life of a superhero's narrative, um, he becomes more and more godlike. I think that's typical of many superheroes. It is, yeah. There's always that that um, uh, that Spider-Man thing. Is it with great power comes great responsibility? So mm-hmm. um, that that's obviously something that um, crops up time and time again um, mm-hmm. in, in, with Doctor Who. Um, Obviously, as we sort of written, he's he's right. He's sort of walking amongst humans, um, and also back to the following chapter is sort of the doctor's infatuation with um, with humans. Um, why? I mean, obviously, from a from a narrative point of view, it, they're they're 
that human companion is the uh, how can you put it sort of our window into into the doctor's life that they're the people we can relate to mm-hmm. um, do you think that's why the doctor sort of hangs sort of particularly sort of wants to travel with humans that they sort of actually right they're his conscience um, obviously we've had other alien characters as well throughout throughout the show's history, uh, but none yet through in in, in the modern iteration of, of the show. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that's why that sort of the, you know the Doctor would always travel with humans? They make more interesting companions. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the the um, production issue here is that you know you have to have actors, and actors are all human, and so mm. it's going to be a lot easier to have humans playing humans than to try to always put them in a puppet costume and have them be somebody else. Mm. Um, but, you know, the classic series, I think, never really got into why Doctor the Doctor spends so much of his time amongst humans. I mean, presumably it's a big universe and there are lots of other beings out there mm. um, that, that should be also interesting. But I think in the new series, they've made more of an effort to sort of explain that love affair. And, um, it, it, yeah, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong about this. And somebody may call in and want to correct correct me. But I think that um, the current writers, the writers are currently offering the explanation that the doctor is fascinated with humans because they are the ones consistently throughout all of the universe's history who really make things happen. Mm. And they're the ones who colonize space and they're the ones who meet with and even interbreed with other um, aliens and create new alien species. And, um, and you hear him say things like this, you know, like humans, you guys keep reverting, you know, to your, you're, you're so indestructible, you know, you get out there, you travel, no matter what happens, you keep trying, um, you, you never really give up. And I think that he's fascinated with people because of the role that he sees them playing from his view, which is all of time. Yeah. And I also think that he does just genuinely admire something about people. Um, and, you know, and that can be expressed in a lot of different ways. But one way that he expressed it was when he asked people to tell them the story of his life. And they said, well, we're just the most ordinary people in the world. There's nothing special about us. He says something like, I'm paraphrasing, I've never met, I've been all over the universe. And I've never met anybody who wasn't special. And um, and I think that that you know he's 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 thrilled he's thrilled to meet even the most ordinary people even though even people that I the viewer watching on TV would say oh god I really don't particularly want to spend any time with that person the doctor <laughs> will be fascinated to meet that person and learn their story and I think that's a really beautiful thing about the show because it encourages me and other viewers to take more of that attitude to be less cynical about meeting people, you know, and to see how cool even, you know, the most middle-class kind of person is, to see the coolness of them is what this show is encouraging us to do. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's one of the things you write about um, is the episode Midnight where the where the entertainment system breaks down on, on the transport. Yes. Yeah. And he's yeah. interested in all their little little stories and the mi- most minute details of their life. He's, mm-hmm. he's just interested in it. Um yeah, it's 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 a very interesting sort of character. Tick. He's just generally interested in in humanity, isn't he? And it's all his mm-hmm. foibles and quirks. So, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, one of the, the companions you sort of write about is um, is, is River Song, um, which you sort of say is is one of your was it right and saying it's your favourite sort of comp- sort of, sort of semi companion, really, isn't isn't she? She sort of doesn't really travel with the Doctor as such. You're yet. right. She's really a semi companion. I hadn't thought about that, but that's that's true. Yeah. So I mean obviously I cannot yeah. I was, I was going to say because obviously at the time you, you wrote this, we thought River Song wasn't coming back. Her story was done, but now we've learned she's back in in the Christmas special. Um, I am so thrilled. <laughs> I was going to ask my next really question. So <laughs> thrilled. Yeah, I cannot get enough of River Song. I just can't. You know, I mean, they can't put her in enough episodes. I would really like her in every episode. I would really like her to have her own show. <laughs> um, but um, you know, you have to just make do with what they're willing to do. And yeah, she comes and goes. I I mean, that's that is as you point out that's the nature of her relationship and it's the nature of her character she's very free you know she comes and goes as at will she's living backwards to the doctor 
Um, yeah, I was I was really miffed. I have to admit, when it appeared to me that they were really killing her off again, um, very very miffed about that. And I wrote about it. I ranted about it. In the book. <laughs> but I was wrong. They did not kill her off, and now she's coming back. And I cannot wait to see her with Peter Capaldi because I think that there's a, you know a potential there to have some real erotic sizzle, maybe for the really the first time, <laughs> you know, between Doctor Who and a companion. That could be very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was. I think as you, as you sort of write about, it didn't quite work for you the dynamic with between Alex Kingston and Matt Smith. Was he just a bit too young for you for that kind, yeah, for that kind of relationship? I, you know, that's the thing. I loved Matt Smith, but he did not work as a romantic. I mean, they tried to make it work, and I don't think that it was anybody's fault particularly. I mean, I think that Matt Smith worked as hard as he could as an actor to act like he was attracted to River Song. But let's just face it, there are some couples on screen that just don't sizzle. And I felt mm. like they, you rescue me if I'm wrong, I just didn't see the sizzle there. I saw the sizzle between um, uh, Alex Kingston and David Tennant. It was mm. there. Very much, even though it was very repressed because they were meeting each other for the first time, as far as he was concerned. Um, I saw it there, and I think that it could exist with Peter Capaldi, but just too young. That's the problem. The age difference, it was just a little too, yeah, she just looked certain. a little, little too much like his mother. I know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but... And I love her character, but yeah, I put her next to him and she looks like his mother. Well, you do know that um, River Song's basically getting her own series that's part of the um, the Big Finish audio range, isn't she? Um, and she's going to be paired that with Paul McGann's Doctor. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I did not know that. You didn't that. know that. Ah, oh, right. Thank I, you. Thank yes. you. Awesome. Now, he's awesome. Probably, so he's sort of known as the uh, sort of the most, um, I can put it, the romantic Doctor, isn't he? So, um yeah, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. I admit it. Yeah, he's, he's probably one of the better-looking doctors, especially from before David Tennant. Yeah, yeah. So cool. That's oh, something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I think it should be it should be good to sort of um, sort of pair up with some of the um, other other doctors. I don't know if there's any more plans mm-hmm. to go backwards. Um, through McCoy and, and Colin Baker and Peter Davison, but um, certainly with. Um, um, Paul McGann, I'm looking forward to it. I really yeah, am. Yeah, me too. So, um, how how are you find awesome. how are you finding series nine? Because obviously we've had the return of Missy um, as well, which is one of the other things you you lament in your book as well. Sort of have they killed off Missy? And we found out she she escaped. Um, but um, how, how are you enjoying it so far? Oh, I have a tragic confession to make. I have not watched this latest series. Oh no! I yeah no. I watch. I have to watch Doctor Who series. I have to watch a season at a time. I just I wait for the season to be done to come out someplace where I can watch it with no ads. And that's the that's the only way. I'm very actually you know that's a sacred ritual for me. I must watch it on DVD or on Amazon, no ads and the whole season. So sorry. I, you know, just really don't have, I can, I can talk a little bit about Missy. I mean, I, yeah. you know, the character of Missy, yeah, brilliant, Bri- I, you know, particularly brilliant to bring her, to bring the master back as a woman, you know, because there's always of course been this theoretical possibility for the time Lords to change genders when they regenerate. So it was delightful to see the writers actually do something with that. Um, and have the master come back as a woman. Loved that. And and I was, I mean, I regret to say that I am embarrassed to say I'm one of the people who did not right away realize that that was the master. Even though, thinking about it, the, the name Missy was quite a giveaway. It was a bit on the nose, wasn't it? <laughs> it yeah. was a giveaway, and yet I did not get it and did not realize that she was the master until she reveals herself as the master. And so that was a you know, huge surprise for me <laughs> at the moment that it was supposed to be a surprise that it was written that way. Um, so I just enjoyed every minute of that, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, I say, I mean, do you think? It's obviously what you interest when you say that you wait till it comes out on DVD or Amazon or whatever to, um, to mm-hmm. so you cut out the adverts. It's something I take for granted because obviously I watch it on the BBC, which is you know, it's advert free. Um, right. But do you think this is possibly the way that um, Doctor Who could go? Because they did that um, with Netflix with the with the Daredevil series. They just released all thirteen episodes as once, so you could binge watch it was basically like releasing a dvd box of of a new show um Mm -hmm. do you think that's obviously that's the way you'd like to to watch it do you think that's something that would that would catch on full time for something like doctor who 
It's hard to say. I mean, that's basically the way I've been watching it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I assume that there are other... I mean, I know it's from talking to the very few number of Doctor Who fans that I know, um, some of them are watching it on TV, you know, and they mm. just, you know, because they can't wait. But most of them do what I do and they wait. You know, they get behind deliberately and then they'll watch a whole season. Um, and, you know, they'll watch it on DVD or they'll watch it on Amazon or it's also on Netflix. So um, they'll watch it there too. So actually my um, my sort of of final question to you, basically what you just said, how you watch, how the hell do you avoid spoilers? Well, I kind of live in a cave and I try (laughs) not to, um, I try not to go to forums where people are talking about Doctor Who. But I do, you know, it's impossible to avoid them altogether. I do inadvertently from time to time stumble on spoilers, um, even though I religiously avoid Doctor Who news, you know, because mm. you know that you know there's going to be a spoiler there. But for example, um, I did learn that Melody was that River Song was Amy's daughter through a spoiler, and oh, that made dear. me very unhappy. Yeah, because you know that's such a that's a wonderful surprise, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, having something as monumental as that spoiled for you, that is going to... Yeah, that got spoiled for me. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. So anyway, Lynn, thank you very much for uh, for joining me um, this evening. Um, You're welcome. It's so, been delightful. Excellent. Uh, Lynn's book, Mrs. Doctor Who, uh, Mythos, Speculation and Continuity, is available on Amazon um, for the Kindle. So please go and buy it. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> Lynn, thank you very much. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Yes, thanks once again, Lim, for, uh, for for talking to us every week. It was a pleasure. It really was a pleasure. Uh, wasn't it, Paul? Yes. Yes, it was indeed. It was indeed. So, um, anyway, let's move on to our review of The Girl Who Died. No, no, not writing. You're coming with us. They are called the Maya. The deadliest warrior race in the galaxy. Yes, why? I am a Viking. We will crush you on the field of battle. Because I think this village just declared war on them. Okay, it's well, it's my turn to kick this off, isn't it? It is. Yes, yes. You're glad about that, aren't you? I am. <laughs> um, do you know what? On, on first watch, I didn't quite know what to what to make of it. All I could think of, well, this is uh, how can I put it? This season's Robot of Sherwood, really. It, it, it did sim- have that very much that feel, didn't it? Yeah, um, and as everybody who remembers my. Um, my thoughts on Robot Sherwood last year, I wasn't particularly keen on it the first time round, and I wasn't that keen on it after the second viewing either. Um, however, this one I actually quite enjoyed, hmm. to be honest. Um, I, I gather by that that nonchalant, uh, that, um, that you didn't. <laughs> it just sort of went a bit... It just it went along. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a bad episode, it, as, far, as far as it goes. It wasn't... An outstanding episode, shall we say? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, the, the story itself was really, really slight. I mean, the whole Viking yeah. and the Maya thing was wrapped up within half an hour, wasn't it? So, um, it yeah, it very, very slight. Um, well, I mean, I mean, considering that you sort of you had the first, the the pre-credit bit, almost of the Doctor and Clara, mm. is is something totally not to do with the story. No, that I mean, that's what you call a cold open, isn't it? Because you had actually yeah. no idea what was happening or where they'd been or, or what they were up to. Um, so, I don't, so, so that yeah. that was filler to start with. When, <laughs> when you're putting the filler out as the opening bits, then you're starting to think, hmm. Hmm, yes. Well, I'm, what, I'm, I'm not sure whether... My, my sort of thoughts on this, actually, were when the, when the, when the music started playing at the end of this, mm. that could have been the opening credits, really, couldn't it? So well, let's get to the next. Let's get to the main bit of the story. Yeah, no, I, I, I can take your point on that, really. But as it turns out, I didn't mind it as so. such. I just, I just, I didn't mind the fact you were sort of dropped in at the end of an adventure, and it, then it, it, they were straight into the next one. I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't mind. No, that, I didn't. Really. Didn't mind it, but it just sort of did make you think. Well, actually, this is how much they're having to pad this along. Hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, this is not a two-part story. I know they're trying to make it like it is. It's not. It's it's two separate. Stories because obviously next week is the one who lived. Um, 
But this story finished this week, didn't it? Um, yeah. And you got, and, a, yeah, and you got yeah. a carryover. It's not a two-part yeah. story. Uh, in, uh, in, other in the, other than the the last five minutes, it, it was fairly self-contained. Yes, it was. God, yeah, yeah. Um, and does, yeah, I mean, it does seem that sort of like the last sort of five or so minutes were just to set up next week's episode. Although I'm slightly worried that the the thirty odd minutes were just to set up last week, next week's episode, just to give you a bit of backstory to. To, to, to the, where they to are. The, the National Deer character. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. It's just, possibly. It sort of just had that feeling to it all the way through that it was just sort of giving you a, a set-up for, yeah. for next week. Well, I mean, as, as we're, t- we're, we're sort of talking about the, the, the Viking part of the story, um, what, I mean, what did you, you, you make of that anyway? Because, I mean, there were certain... Um, I mean, lots of things been said about it in social media and, and other reviews and everything. Um and everyone sort of like said, well, the the the, the Maya were, and I did think this myself actually. They were, they were uh, very much like a something out of the Sarah Jane adventures, for, like character design. It's very very, ch- well, not childish, but sort of cheap looking. If yeah. you know what I mean, it didn't. But well, I think we sort of said this, didn't we, at the when the first pictures, because this was about the first villain from this series that we we got a glimpse of, weren't mm. it? The- yes, right, yeah. And we sort of did look at them and think, hmm, because we had the was it these you had the first one that was sort of half in darkness. Mm, that's right, and yeah. looks really creepy. And then when the next pictures came out the following week, which was them being broad daylight, it was like, hmm, not such a good effect. Not such a, yeah, exactly. And then when you see them with the helmets off as well, um, yeah, it just seems like a very very static looking mask they're wearing. So um, it was obviously sort of done. I'm not knocking it for this. It, obviously, they got. Yeah, you know, tight budgets. It did look like it was done on the cheap a little bit. I didn't like the design so much. It was just done. It didn't really achieve anything, did it? Yeah. You know, there meant to be this like warrior race, and you know, it didn't really. Okay, they're up against Vikings. Okay, it was, you know, farmers and smithies and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fun. It was. I just thought it was a fun episode. Really, I thought the whole Viking my thing was fun. Yeah. Yes, anyway, oh. The, 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 yeah, his his interaction with the the Vikings was was good. Yeah. Oh, god. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I like the. I mean, it's, it's sort of like that. Um, he wanted to them to run. He didn't want us, them to fight. He knew that it was going to end in a bloodbath, and and it, again, it was really it's that role reversal thing again. Um, sort of Clara being the doctor, and she's the one who wanted to stay and sort it all out, and you know, protect the earth or protect the villagers and. You know, it's just definitely leading up to something, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It is. That, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I can see that. But, and but and her faith in him, I mean, is 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 getting a bit. The whole thing about oh, you know, he'll have a plan. He hasn't worked out what it is yet, and all that hmm. sort of stuff is a bit. Yeah, you're wondering that's all leading to a, to a fall somewhere. Yeah, you sort of get get the feeling maybe it's sort of well, if you're not going to do anything about it, I will, and she's going to come unstuck. Yeah, eventually I sort of get that sort of thing that yeah. I think that's it's that, rushing off to do something. Yeah, yeah, when the doctor knows it's best to walk away, and even when they're up on the on the Maya ship, she was acting like the doctor. Yeah, all the way through. Um, so yeah, you can definitely see this is building to something. Um, but going back to the sort of like the, before the credits started, when um, the doctor sort of puts on the sonic sunglasses and that Viking just takes off and snaps them in half, I was going yes. <laughs> yes, he set the bloody glasses and half, but look, they are back again, aren't they? So oh, yeah. you, you can see the next one's trailer. <laughs> oh dear, sod it! I thought we were going to get away with it. <laughs> that was going to be your highlight, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I didn't mind him sort of pretending to be Odin with the yo-yo. I thought that was quite uh, that was quite funny. But then when the the other Odin appeared in the sky, um, I appears I'm not the only one who thought Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, uh, when God appeared to them, so. Um, Again, whether that was intentional, I suspect it probably was actually. Yeah, because um, I mean, I've listened to it, it, it was the setup, wasn't it? So. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I haven't listened to any other other podcasts because we sort of where our reviews sort of going up quite sort of late in the week now, isn't it? So, um, so I, I try and I, I don't want to listen to anything else to sort of you know cloud my my own judgment, as it were. So I'll, just, I'll be interested to see if anyone else thought the same thing. I actually I know they had because I think someone put it up on Twitter actually about the whole Monty Python thing, but. Um, but if it was, then I mean, fine. There's nothing. Yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of references to other things, and if you're going to get a Python reference in. I mean, crikey, you might as well do it with one of the best films they did. So yeah, and and you know, I didn't I didn't quite mind the humour in this as well. 
I think they reasonably got the balance right. I mean, I, sh- yeah. I shouldn't. I felt, felt like I probably don't know whether I should have been laughing at the the uh, almost the identity parade bit where he just goes along of calling him Lofty and whatever. Yeah, and it did, did the nogging the nogging the nog? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and then. It's <laughs> easy it's tough. tough. Yeah, that, that. Do you know what? It was the first time in a long time I've actually sort of because I was I was watching it Saturday night and my wife was was sort of doing. I think she was looking at something on her iPad or whatever, not really paying attention to it. And, and there's a couple of times I actually caught myself laughing at it, yeah. which I which I never do. I never burst out laughing at any jokes or in docs. So I just I might sort of sit there and grin to myself. But I, I, there's a couple of times I actually sort of let out a couple of guffaws. So um, yeah. And that on that front, job done. To be honest, you know, I really didn't. I really didn't mind it. Um, I didn't mind the sort of the, the Doctor talking baby again. Again, yeah. If you'd have said to me all these things were going to happen, I'd have been like, oh, oh god. god, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I thought Capaldi yeah. was excellent doing the, the baby translation scenes. Yeah, I really think he was excellent. He, he brought a lot of um, sort of pa- lot pa- pathos. Do you think there's a lot of pathos to it? Yeah. I, I certainly thought that. I thought he was outstanding in that, and, and the more sort of the more sort of reflective moments that he had, I think during this story were incredibly well acted. I, I, the I, bit, yeah, go on. Sorry, the bit where him and Clara are sitting outside in the evening. Yeah, and she's yeah. saying you're not just you've trained them to fight, and she's going, well, "That's not the plan." Mm. And he's going, "Well, it is." He's going, "You know, that's their die with honor, and that's about as much as they can want." Yeah, can hope for, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of um, talk in this one about sort of immortality and 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 dying, because there was that line right at the end about. Um, that's what I'm skipping around a little bit here, but he says that immortality isn't living forever; it's everyone else dying around right. you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's. I'll, I'll, also, I'll sort of come back to that that thing. So I made some sort of notes about the whole um, issue there, the saving of her life at the end and everything. Um, but yeah, I just thought that when he was sort of giving these quite reflective moments, I thought he was great. I really did. I really did think he was great. Now, electric eels. What do you think to that? Yeah. It's, it's the right eighteen MacGyver ending, really, wasn't it? I didn't mind it as such. It was. I mean, yeah, but these ones tend to be that way, don't they? I mean, look, look we we moan if if the sonic screwdriver sorts everything out. Yeah. So we can't moan if he's. Well, I, I just comes up with an answer. Well, I, I was I was just looking at where, where electric eels come from. They come from South America, but it's quite possible that Vikings could have reached South America at some point. We just don't know about it because they did reach North America for a for a short while. Um, how they managed to get them back as far as Denmark? I assume it was Denmark. I, I don't know, but hey, suspend belief. Yeah, he used them used them to power outboard motors. Yes, <laughs> in, yes. In, <laughs> I was actually looking at apparently a, a, um, a single electric eel can generate up to five hundred volts, right? Ball account, so it's, it doesn't seem entirely implausible what the doctor was doing there. No, well, well, he's got a whole barrel of the bloody things. So yeah, and he was, and he there was a, there was a, a brief bit of dollar about he was amplifying the current. So mm. yeah, there it's yeah I can I can take that. I mean, Christ, we're watching a program about a bloke who travels in time and space. So um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't so much that you just thought to yourself, oh, God. Which <laughs> <laughs> could be the phrase of this episode, had it not been sort of just about kept to the right side, I think, of everything. I, do you know what? I think if you, if you, I mean, it's like me with Robot Assure the first time I watched it, I wasn't in the right frame of mind yeah. to watch it. And I think that's why I didn't enjoy the whole comedic side of thing, because I think at that point I was... Um, I was used to Capaldi being a spiky, short-tempered, serious doctor, and this is more comedic, um, as this episode was. But I think, I think as we said last time, you can't have serious every week. You've got to break it up with something, and, and this was the episode to do that. Yeah. That's, that was how I, I, I felt anyway. Um, but the other little things as well, um, the, whole, the, the Benny Hill theme when they're, they're playing the, the footage back to uh, the Mire, which, I, 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 again, I didn't mind that. Um, oh, you did. Yeah. You did, yeah. I didn't mind it, actually. That, that I thought, was just a bit... I and mean, to be honest, that, to a large extent, is a bit... I don't know. The, the whole I, the whole idea of that there's a, I don't know, universe-wide web <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that you load stuff up onto. What was it called? The Galactic Hub or something? Yes. Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe that maybe there is. Again, I can suspend my belief. I can if I can believe that they've used electric eels. Yeah. Then I can I can believe that to be honest. So. No, yeah, I, I, I can I can sort of get the, the bit about the fact that um, to a large extent their reputation is ninety percent of their battles. Mm, yeah, it's the um, stories that that sort of carry them. Yeah, sort of the reputation forwards. I like I like that idea behind it. So to humiliate them and capture it on film, such, such is you know a way to get to get at them. Yeah. That's it. So I, I, I quite like that. I didn't. I didn't mind the, the Benny Hill thing. I really didn't. I'd, I'd be surprised many people can actually sort of a younger audience now actually know Benny Hill is. Yeah. Again, yeah. Again, I don't think actually that's aimed at a all nog in the nog for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, 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 there was there was quite a lot of references in this that would have just passed. Yeah. Exactly. Straight over the top. by. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah like exactly. Easy top come to. Well, that. yeah. I was was the last time that a record out crikey or an yeah. album or anything but no I, I just I just at the whole Viking thing I just quite you know quite enjoyed I, I enjoyed rather I think there's again I, I think this is sort of a bit of a a 50-50 episode for viewers this one um, yeah I think this, this people, a lot of people are saying this is the first sort of duff episode of the of the series but for, for me it wasn't you yeah, know I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a duff episode it's, it's no. not as bad as you know, if we're going to go back to stuff, it's not in the in the forest of the night league, is it? No, no. If you want, if you want to use an example of recent times, oh yeah. Or if you're going to go back to the sort of historical romp, sort of curse of the black spot, that sort of stuff, it isn't that bad. No, it's not. Um, I kind of got a how do I can put it, almost like a time warrior vibe off of this one. Um, Just if you know what I mean, it sort of takes like a, a, a ragtag bunch of sort of villagers and and you know like the perk we did with with like the the little um bombs that he made yeah to fend off iron gron's attack it, it's it's along those it's sort of lines sort of yeah yeah know, do you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean yeah it's, it, it's not it's not an unusual story for the doctor to be involved in in making his homemade weapons no exactly exactly so no i, I think from again was is this sort of kind of pandering to the old school fans again? I, I, I don't know so much about about this one, but it did it did remind me of of that particular story, and particularly for the Doctor to come up with a solution that doesn't actually involve anyone getting killed on either side. Well, yeah, exactly. Is yeah, that's quite you refreshing. Want, to you be want, honest, <laughs> you want your Doctor to be not the the one that goes out and you know kills yeah. even. Well, it just sort of reinforces. Well, that, that sprite thing didn't stand much chance in the first. <laughs> oh no, exactly. Well, that's, that's the spider thing that he stamped. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Just like the fact, yeah, yeah, the lantern just to wipe his boot on the grass. I just like. <laughs> I just like that. It's a very old-fashioned thing to do, isn't it? You just wipe it off on the grass. But um, yeah, but anyway, um, that was the Viking thing, which I quite like. Um, now, obviously, there's a couple of things here. Um, the explanation. For the Doctor's face, yeah, I actually, I actually, that was, I think, the best bit about this for me. Yeah, I, I was wondering because, how they were going to do this. Because they didn't yeah. drag it out; it was literally the bare minimum to explain it. Mm. I thought when we were sort of, it was hinted at. Oh yes, no, that'll all be explained. Yeah, I thought, oh, we're going to have long scenes of dial, you know, and just thinking, oh, it's all going to be trying to be clever and. Everything, yeah. but it was sort of sharp shot idea to it. Um, well, it was, it was just like a, a sharp reminder of yeah. of what Donna made the Doctor do that time. Yeah, you don't have to save everybody; just save someone. Yeah, and and that was sort of like the Doctor reminding himself to do that. You don't have to save everybody, but now and again, just break the rules. If, if it's a fixed point, so now and again, you can just not maybe not break, but bend the rules a little bit more. And just just the fact of that being. You don't don't have to save the whole town, just save someone. Yeah. And now we've had a case where he saved basically the whole town apart from one person. Yeah, exactly. Which he's then gone back to, to fix, which yeah. might have catastrophic uh, consequences. We 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 don't know at the moment. But um but uh, it, it was just nice to see like the, the tenth doctor and Donna very briefly again, because I think I think you know I think Catherine Tate was one of the, the I think one of the best companions you know. Yeah. 
of of the series since it came back. I was a big sort of big fan of um, of that character. But yeah, um, as you say, it was over and done with very very. That's obviously there to remind people of the upcoming Big Finish series. Yes, obviously. Which has not been confirmed, of course. No, no, of course. So yeah, it was, I, 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 I agree with you on that. It, it just it was just done quickly, and that was it. And it was off to you know. That, yeah, it was much better than I than I was. I was sort of thinking to myself, oh, "Are we going to have something that's going to be?" Because it's all been hinted at, and you just think, "Oh, if he's got it, if he's been that long in coming, that mm. he said something he obviously set up um, right at the beginning of this regeneration." Yeah, you're thinking to yourself. Oh, he's obviously going to then really go over the top with it. Yeah. Um, no, you're just thinking, if, that, if that's it, if that's the only now reference we get to it, that's the explanation. He's explained it, it's gone, fine, we can all move fine, on. We'll move that's, on. Yeah. yeah. And, it, so, and it answers the question, and it does, does in a fairly logical thing. Yeah. But the Doctor would subconsciously pick a face to, re- to remind him to do something. Yeah, or, or remind him of, of of mistakes he's made in the past. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I I, I agree. With it. I think that worked really well. That bit, I really do. Um, now, obviously, the bit of sort of <laughs> the last sort of fifteen minutes of the of the show is sort of made up of this, really. But the other thing as well, the, the way the Doctor uh, saves Ishul there, obviously, he's he's not sort of more or less saying that he's made her immortal by using that sort of medical chip. That's now that's now absorbed into it. It just keep repairing her. Um, obviously, we know she's going to be in like 17th century England uh, in the next episode, and he sort of immediately regrets it, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, we've had the the whole thing, didn't we? With, in the first episode, with Davros talking about there being a prophecy of a hybrid. Well, I was I thought it was going to be a Dalek Time Lord hybrid. He was alluding to there, but it, but I mean, is it just that it was meant to be a a hybrid, a machine, part machine, part humanoid. God knows, God knows. So, is 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 this the hybrid he's referring to, or is it this just another like a red sort of red herring? herring. Yeah, as such. Um, one thing I did notice though, sort of Clara wasn't too didn't seem too happy about this at the end, did she? Because he said, "Why, why did you give her the other chip?" Yeah. Um, so to stop her from being alone, stop you know, there's someone she cares about will die, she can sort of like, you know, save them. And it was a look on her face sort of like, why didn't you give me that chip? Yeah. So, hmm. That, that, yeah, you're, ha- you're handing out immortality. Excuse yeah. Me. Excuse me. Yeah, hello. Yeah, your best friend, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I did quite, I, I liked the way that was that was left, to be honest. I really did like the way that was left. Um, I thought that, that was quite an interesting thing to do. Why the doctors sort of like, sort of, I like that thing, was it when he first caught uh, caught sight of Eshel there? He's, he was it. He said, um, "Oh, oh premonition. It's premonition. Just, just it's just memory in reverse or something." Yeah, exactly. It? That was it. That was it. Yeah. So I quite liked. Um, I quite liked that. So um, and he kept sort of hinting at uh, well uh, at the end um, when she sort of woke up that what I say. Yeah, you, she'll see me again. Yeah, sort of thing. So yeah, I, I sort of like the way that that was left. Um, now as for Maisie Williams. Um, what do you think of her performance? Because I've never seen her in Game of Thrones. I've never watched it. Um, so I've got nothing to compare her against, the performance against. Um, I thought it was okay. I don't think it was anything outstanding. Because everyone said she's, she's a brilliant actress. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, the script wasn't right for I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she actually didn't really have masses, masses to, to do, do, did she? Not really. Um, other than probably the scene on the... The spaceship. Hmm. That's really it, isn't it? I can't think of many big, well, big speeches that she had. No. Um, that, uh, that and the when he finds the making the model to yeah. kill on stories. Just that scene. They're the only two real scenes she had. Is really. Um, the one, one thing I, I thought was quite, and she didn't actually have to say anything, was that, is that the very end, when the camera's going round her with time moving fast behind her, yeah, and it was that sudden. She was all happy and smiling when the camera pan around her. She was upset, and as the the, the camera sort of zoomed in on her, sort of close up on her face, um, it was a very very subtle change from going upset to looking very very stern. Yeah. It's very subtly done. I thought that was quite well done. I thought yeah. she did. I thought she did that really well. It wasn't sort of like I'm sad. No, I'm evil. It was it was so subtle the change in her face. I thought well, that was really really well done. So, but I'm, I'm interested to see where this is where this is going to go. 
really. I really am sort of, um, but it's not. It's not a traditional two-parter, is it? No, no. It's a to-be-continued at the end, but it's not a. It's not a, a, a two-parter in the in the true sense of the word. It's it, yeah. It's just two char- linked characters, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's all it is, really. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, you know, sort of that. That's the only sort of thing I can say about it, really, because I say I've got nothing else to compare against. Maybe next week's episode might be a, a more indication of her, um, of her talents. Yeah, really. I'll cut me. I'll cut the critic. Crikey, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, not 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 that. I think I think the main thing was actually yeah. No, she she did seem right for the the role. Didn't seem that odd. Didn't she? Didn't seem odd in the role. Let's put it that way. No, so. that's it. That's it. So no, I, I, I. Anyway, I mean, I haven't really got much else to say because I'm, I'm. All the notes I wrote down were all sort of fairly positive, to be honest. I didn't really have any negative thoughts about this one. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's anything particularly bad in this. It's slightly just. Yeah, it was. Just, it's just one of those. It's a mid-season, mid-season story. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which I've, I've got. You know, if it keeps me entertained, then that's that's fine. Job done. Really. And if it, if it was purely a standalone episode, it'd just be one of those episodes that just sort of drifts off into the ether afterwards, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not I wouldn't. A, I think it's, it's one not of those one that you, you're going to actively think, "Oh, I must put must that on." Put that on. But but it's one of those ones. If it was on, I'd watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. go. Oh, I don't want. To, I'll put another episode on. If it, if it yeah. if it's on, I'd watch it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, which I think is a which I think is a good sign, really. It is, yeah. It's a good sign. So uh, that's what we thought. Um, but what did you think at home there? Well, we've had um, some some sort of feedback on this one. So on our Facebook page, Ben Rush um, said that interesting first part. Love all the Tom Bakerisms Peter throws in. Yes, there was a couple actually in this one. In particular, he said it's a doozy, and he says it in a Tom Baker voice. Yeah, which I thought was quite um, quite good. Um, now we've got some couple more on our on our Facebook group. And Martin um, Havel from the Babble Podcast, his second appearance on this show, he writes. So this is where we get a different opinion. He says absolutely dire, but after four strongish episodes, a clunker was inevitable. Uh, the aliens were straight out of Sarah Jane Adventures, as we alluded to earlier, only without the decent scripts and performances to make up for their poor design. Uh, Maisie Williams shines in Game of Thrones, so character evolution is the most interesting in the show. So I don't understand how she can put in such a poor performance here. Um, but as we just said, we 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 can't really comment, can no. we? We've got nothing to, put, to compare it against. Um, I watch the episodes live with my kids, then jump on the iPlayer for a rewatch when they're in bed. This is the first episode of this series that I haven't rewatched, and I doubt I will. I can't watch next week's live, and after this episode, I'm not at all disappointed by that. Two out of ten. Ooh, that's harsh. Yeah, that's I think a, so. That's a harsh score. Um, but anyway, um, Becky Barnum writes us again. Hi, Becky. Uh, she says, Capaldi was absolutely outstanding in this. My favourite so far in this series. Uh, John Michael Lindsay. Hello, John Michael. Um, he writes, um, I'll send some over some proper feedback when I've watched it uh, through again. You haven't, John Michael. That's all I'm going to say. You haven't. Perhaps he can't bring himself to watch it. Perhaps that's his critique of it. Maybe it is, yes. Um, <laughs> he but can't um, actually up watching it again to actually send some pretty But you said, uh, yes, he said, but when I've watched it through again, but Moffat, for sake, why, oh, why did you sign off on the biggest historical incorrect stereotype? Horns on helmets was a Victorian invention. <laughs> Do you know what? I knew it was wrong, but it didn't bother me. No. I mean, I, yeah, it's it's just that sort of the whole. It's it it sort of almost saves you having to go through the whole Vi, Viking thing, doesn't it? You just show a picture of someone with a helmet with horns on it. Oh, it's Viking. That's a Viking. Yeah, exactly. I think you just show like a middle-aged person or middle-aged person in a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Viking, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna say, what are you getting up to in your weekends? <laughs> just call me Gunnar. <laughs> Um, no, I was going to say someone from the Middle Ages. A, a, a picture of someone from the Middle Ages wearing a helmet. You you probably go, oh, it's a. Uh, you could it could be anybody. Yeah, really. I think it, it, it's the whole horned helmet thing. You make as you say. That's a Viking. So yeah, but I didn't mind it. I, I didn't mind it at all, to be honest. Um, now we've got one very very brief um, direct message on uh, Twitter from Martin Robertson. Hi Martin. Um, he said, I don't know what to what to make of that. 
Some parts were truly great. The Maya were just nothing. What a strange yeah. mix. Um, yeah, I kind of agree on the Maya. They, they were a bit... It didn't amount to a lot, really, did it? No. it's Yeah, you just, you just get the feeling that they were a bit done by committee almost you know it's mm. just like oh let's have a robots looking yeah arm sort of thing here and then we're well the, well, the only thing i will say though is that for a quite a this is probably the most family friendly episode we've had so far after sort of like you know the whole thing with davros and the ghosts you know and in the first yeah. two stories um there's really no excuse to put it on at 20 past eight no really is there but when i actually went to watch it again mm. From having recorded it, my uh, cable box wanted me to put my pin in because it was really to be an adult program. Well, I'll be. Now, you see that that's wrong, isn't it? This is probably the most family-friendly story we've had. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not even, you know, actually next week we're halfway through the series already. Yes, crack! I can't believe it. Um, but yeah, I think you know for um, episode sort of five. And it's it's that as you said it was that middle middle of the road middle of the the series kind of episode and it was very very family friendly. Why was it on at twenty past eight? You could have put that on before strictly. Yeah. To well, be honest. I mean, we had that with Forest of the Night, wasn't it? That was yeah. Yeah. Lane. You just thought, where, who are you aiming this to? That could have gone yeah. on CBBS. That one. I mean, that that was yeah. so ridiculously childish. But um, anyway, anyway. Can, can, can we while we're talking actually? Can I just get yeah. back? Just I've just actually remembered one of the bits I really liked. About oh right, okay. <laughs> The bit where he starts training them, and then it cuts to the devastation of the village. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it suddenly obviously becomes clear that it actually no, this is still only a couple of hours later, and it's not the aftermath of the attack. It is. Well, just... It, I just like that bit. It happened after he gave them the proper weapons with, and they were people yeah. like going yes, like that. Next thing you know, that everything's on fire. <laughs> yeah, but I like the fact they didn't show it. You just no, said you said Cla- you said Clara cataloging the you know the errors yeah. that happened to you know but uh, yeah no that that yeah I forgot but that was a good bit. <laughs> this is that didn't go as well as. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, anyway, thanks everybody for your feedback. Um, it is very very much appreciated. It really is, um, and obviously. Please keep sending it in. We want your feedback um, for next week's episode, obviously, The Woman Who Lived. Um, and if you've just got any feedback on the on the series or, or the podcast in general, really. So um, if you want to email us, um, it's who's he podcast at yahoo.co.uk. Um, if you're a member of our um, Facebook group, you can leave feedback there. Um, or you can find our Facebook page on Facebook, obviously, as well. Or if you want to send us um, a direct message on Twitter, we're at um, who's underscore he underscore podcast. So there we go. Um, That about wraps up, really, doesn't it, Paul? It does, I think. Yes, it does indeed. So we shall return next week, then, uh, when we take a look at The Woman Who Lived. So looking looking forward to how this one pans out. So um, that's it, then. Yep, okay, good, good. I just want to make sure you do anything else to add. (laughs) Nothing else to add, nothing else to add. Good, okay, so that case then is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Oh, and another thing. No.